take me alive, I'm getting high with my profile Cocked on these suckers, time to die, even as a youngster Causing ruckus on the back of the bus I was a fool all through high school, kicking up dust But now I'm labeled as a troublemaker Who can you blame, smoke? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinnon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. How are we doing tonight, boys? What's going on, fellas? Big night tonight. Uh, another big Raps game tonight. Going to take our winning streak to three, and uh, big-time movie tonight. We're going to go, uh, we're just going to leave that hat right there and just say, we are Georgetown, suck it, JR. <laughs> Good to see everybody, or good, I guess, to be here. Um, yeah, Webb, how about your Georgetown Hoyas who haven't made the NCAA tournament? In We're just going to, I don't know, worry about anyway, that. Anyway, enjoy that. Um, great to be here. Great to do this movie. It's going to be a good one tonight, boys. What, uh, is Kentucky like, don't they, aren't they like 5 and 12 right now? Isn't there something yeah. crazy the whole, about them? The whole NCAA, other than like basically Gonzaga is a mess this year. Couple right, teams, yeah. couple teams. Everybody's Duke and North Carolina aren't even probably going to make their own tournament. Like it's just, wow. it's all over the map. It's crazy. That's wild. Syracuse is in the tournament, guys. They're chugging yeah. along. Syracuse is taking a little bit of heat. Jimmy B's taking a little bit of heat from Jay Billis and a couple of the other uh, big anal- uh, analysts for uh, his comments about the kid from Duke uh, opting out for the rest of the year. Yeah, I heard that. That's okay. Yeah. They're in the. Uh, I'm just going to say this for you guys. They're in the tournament. Yeah. Get out of here with that East <laughs> Coast talk. Yeah. Not a tournament. It's a tournament. tournament. <laughs> it's not well, a bad guy from away, eh, Jamer? Yeah. <laughs> well, so as we've kind of hinted, we are today we're uh, taking a trip onto the old hard court to toss the old round ball around. So we're taking a trip back to 1994 with the cult classic hit, Above the Rim. I had 22 points in that rebound. And we lost. Then maybe the entire team should be here instead of just me. I mean, it's not like anybody else had a good game. Like, you didn't give him a chance to. Uh, this my man, Kylie Watson. Kylie Watson, my man, Bird. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warmer G was on the streets, trying to consume some problems. Yo, I'm telling you, I don't want you seeing my moms again. Teach him. Help him to handle the pressure. What do I know about handling pressure? You can't turn your back on this kid, Shep. You owe it to him. I owe nobody nothing. Pure talent, fatal flaw. That's what the paper said, right? You in handcuffs, Nutso dead on the ground. You don't owe anybody. You forget about Nutso? You ever plan on giving anything back? You better start right now. It's time you and me play. You want you play yourself. I lost out. Hear that nutso? He owes me! Marlon Wayne and Bernie Mac. Well, before we dive into this movie, we're going to crack the top on a couple of nice cold beers. So without further ado, let's get into our brew review. 
What are you drinking tonight, Webb? Well, boys, in honor of five-star recruits Kyle Lee Watson and Tommy Shep Shepard, we decided to enjoy a pint of our own local 12-star recruit from Stone City Hills. Since 2014, Stone City Hills has been a staple in the Kingston area craft beer scene and has been a champion of bringing back creativity to beer making and doing so in a sustainable and responsible way. These folks pride themselves on making beers to be enjoyed socially and do an excellent job of giving back to our local community here in Kingston. This week, we're enjoying a wonderful pint of their 12-star Session Ale. Inspired by Kingston's Brewing Pass, this beer is named after the 12 metal stars on the outside of the old Bajou's Brewery on Wellington Street. At 4.8%, this pale ale with tropical fruit and citrus notes, hazy appearance, give you all the flavor of an IPA without the bitterness or higher alcohol content. This is truly a beer you want to enjoy a few of, so go ahead and order yourself a couple bottles. Or better yet, head on down to the tap room and get yourself a 12-star Session Ale. For more information on this and any of their other fine beers, products, and services, including free local delivering during the pandemic, pandemic, excuse me, be sure to check them out on Stone Cities at StoneCitiesAles.com. Oh, marbles in my mouth tonight. Or give them a follow on all major social media platforms. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Cheers, everybody. I got it. Yeah. Two sips, you know the deal. Then you kick you us off, Jerry. You got it. Well, I'm going into the bottle tonight with this one. I was going to go out of a glass, but I wanted to try it straight out of the bottle. Um, that's good. I like that. That's very, like, a lot of flavor, very refreshing for how low it is in alcohol content. I kind of like that. You know, that tastes like a bigger beer than it actually is. I got to be honest with that. Um, very good. Very nice. I like the Stone City for the fact that... They, in our town, in Kingston here, they were one of the first ones, it seemed, to kind of set up shop and kind of get the you know, the craft beer thing going, it seemed like it to me, anyway. And they seem like they always have a pretty good location. They have a great location up the street, that's for sure, and their patio is nice. And this is definitely a kind of beer you could have on a patio on a nice summer day. I mean, any beer is good on a patio on a nice summer day, but this one would be delicious uh, on draft. I've had a couple other ones of theirs on draft. Uh, Shea Piggy in Kingston, the restaurant here. I've had some of the other Stone City beers on draft there. So, overall, solid beer. I really like it. This is going to be good to, uh, to drink while we uh, talk about this movie, boys. Yep. I, I like this beer. It's uh, it's It's got some nice uh, citrus hops flavors. We haven't... We, we were on the IP, IPA train for a while earlier when we were, like, doing it out of the Raj in the summer. Or at the end of the summer. So... And we took a little break, got into the fall winter beers, and it's nice to kind of take a trip back because we've had our palate cleansed, so to speak. I really like this one. It's got a, a lot of. I've had it before. It is a good beer. I haven't had it in a long time, but it's got some really nice uh, citrus hops flavors. It's very, as you mentioned, Jr. It's it's got a lot of uh, a lot of flavor for a beer that's light. That's uh that's lighter in uh, alcohol content. So they've done a great job there, and shout out to those guys. Uh, well done. Yeah, shout out to Ron, the owner, for uh, getting back to us and, and uh, giving us a little bit of uh, uh, ammunition, so to speak, for my uh, for my ad read there. Uh, great pint. Uh, I really like what they do for our local area, too. You know, we talk a lot about uh, this when we've talked about the, the local guys with our friends at Bose and a couple of other places that, you know, during this pandemic, how these guys are really kind of the ones that are hit the hardest yeah. um, just because they're not getting the foot traffic. So, 
you know, uh, glad to see things are kind of opening back up for these guys and getting people in there. And uh, glad we could uh, we could stop in there this week and and uh, give them some love because uh, they're doing great things for the city. They're always about you know promoting cultural events and uh, trying to get uh, trying to get the word out on uh, just how great our town is. So uh, shout out to these guys. Shout out to Ron and all the the lovely folks down there. Every time I go down there, it's a great time. Um, and they're always very knowledgeable about their beers and will usually pair you up with something that uh, that sits just right on your palate. So cheers. I'm loving this beer as well. I think this uh, I've had this one before uh, and I've enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm pretty sure Mrs. Webster and I maybe went down there once on a little bit of a date night and had a charcuterie board and uh, hammered back <laughs> a few of these. So, you know, we've had a good time once or twice down there. So uh, yeah. cheers, fellas. Cheers. Cheers. So uh, as we mentioned earlier, we're doing Above the Rim tonight. It was written and directed by Barry Michael Cooper, or sorry, written by Barry Michael Cooper and directed by Jeff Pollock. Uh, distributed in 1994 by New Line Cinema. It got a 6.7 rating on Internet Movie Database with a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, budget of, get, get your stuff together, Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, budget of 6.5 million and grossed uh, 16.2 million at the box office. Music by Marcus Miller, starring Dwayne Martin, Leon, Tupac Shakur, Marlon Wayans, Wood Harris, and Bernie Mac. Quick movie synopsis. Above the Rim chronicles the story of Kyle Lee Watson, a promising high school basketball star, and his journey during his senior year of high school. Watson is under tremendous pressure as he looks to punch his ticket out of, out of uh, Brooklyn. The story focuses on his relationships with Bertie, a powerful drug dealer, and Bertie's older brother, Thomas Shep Shepard himself once a promising high school star at Kyle's school, now employed as a security guard. Uh, let's jump into our character review, and let's start out with uh, Kyle Lee Watson, played by Dwayne Martin. Well, Kyle Lee Watson, um, I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, so when I rewatched it, there was a lot of things that I kind of had to remember or take back in. It had probably been almost 20 years, let's be honest. Uh, Kyle Lee Watson's one of those guys who was desperate and was going to have to do what he had to do. Um his overconfidence sometimes was helped him, but it was also detrimental to him. I found. Um, I found I liked his character, but sometimes I didn't like him at the same time. I oh, really yeah. kind of flip flopped on the guy. I, I I thought a little more humility might have helped him sometimes, but it's also that same competitive drive that makes him successful. And I think deep down he's just a scared little kid. Um, he's his life is brutal. <laughs> And he knows it is, and he's desperate, and he's doing what he has to do to get his way out. And in the same, I mean, Webb has the biggie quote he may say later, but basketball <laughs> is his way out of getting out of his circumstances. I put a couple things out, and a couple things I need to see. I said, you know, the montage uh, where he's working out with the, with the, with the push-up bars, unreal. All that kind of stuff is amazing. And you see some of the drive in him, and you see the skill. Um, one thing, boys, he has to work on are his basketball numbers, double zero and 54. Those are atrocious basketball numbers for the position <laughs> he's playing. I'm sorry. I have to say that. Good catch. Right? Good catch. Um, he also, it was kind of interesting to see, um, it's kind of like to me, you know, the early nineties, mid nineties and web, I'm sorry to say this, but like when Georgetown was like the place to go and it was, you know, it was it. And in the time of this movie, Georgetown was dominant, and it was the place to go. Yeah. They had just run their their morning years, their Ewing time, their Macombo time. 
I think AI wasn't yet, but was AI already? I can't. I, I get my ears. Not quite. Not he was actually in his trial was going on when they. Was yeah. Okay. I knew it was right around that time. But anyway, I think he was an awesome character. But at the same time, I flip flopped on him between liking him, connecting with him, not connecting with him. Um, overall, really important. Did a great job. Um, well, I think he was just. I liked him, but I didn't love him. He needed he, he needed a little comeuppance. He did. Right? He, he he needed a little. I, I I hear you, and I mean I think to all, to a certain extent, um, what makes his character great is the fact that you see that right that transition happen where he yeah. starts to realize that there are a bunch of people in the cor- in his corner for him uh, who are out looking who are genuinely looking out for his best interests. Um, unlike you know Birdie, who's <laughs> got his own selfish motivations for wanting to help him. Um, and so, you, you know, you, you have a hard time rooting for him because he seems to be making stupid decisions and he's easily influenced. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good talent. Uh, he's a good talent. He's not a great talent. Uh, I actually think it's kind of funny, you know, all this stuff. He's a terrible shooter. Uh, and he's got no real range as a shooter either, right? Even the three pointer that he hits in that game winning shot for Georgetown, that's a, college three and just barely a college three um and he only gets that off because he gets a sweet screen made for him so i mean we laugh i I was laughing as i was watching that and i've seen this movie i don't know how many countless times it's a it's a go-to for me um but yeah i was laughing out loud at uh my my wife was catching it with me last night and i just said like that screen, that down screen play, I think I've run I don't know how many times in a tournament when I need kids just to get an open shot and a and a and a, uh, a bucket or at least a good look at a bucket. And I think a lot of teams probably run that same inbound play, right? Yeah. The line play, and then you kind of run a down screen and and you have the guy fade into the corner or or uh, mid range three if you want to call it. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty funny. Kyle Kyle Lee Watson, very braggadocious. Um, but rightfully so. I mean, he's he's playing uh, he's playing at a high level, uh, and he does pretty well. Except you know against Montrose. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't have much to add. You guys nailed it all. Uh, I thought um, Dwayne Martin did a really good job in the role. Yes, uh, did absolutely. you know that Dwayne Martin was 28 when he shot when he shot this? He's 28 I, years old. I, I can mean, see that. And it was funny though, like because like. He didn't seem like a an old guy playing a young role to me. He played it really well. He, you know, he kind of he pulled yeah. it off. I thought. I he feel like that job. was pretty. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, consistent, maybe with the times, right? Like I remember when we were kids. Like you had what was it? Nine oh two one oh. They were all like thirty playing <laughs> yeah. like sixteen year olds, right? Like yeah. I feel like that's just a Hollywood thing where you want guy, yeah. you want actors and actresses who are, you know real human beings and have done a little bit of living so they can sure. embody these characters a bit. So yeah, no, I, yeah, I think he did a great job. Them. You also want those actors to have like a body and not just like little tube <laughs> arms. And, you know, like let's be recall, like it is like, like buggy whip arms. Like Jay yeah, arms. Little, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want them to look a certain way. Let's jump forward to uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Shep Shepard played by Leon. Oh, this is a cool character. This is probably my favorite character in the movie. Um, he, I liked a lot of things about him. I thought I liked how how calm he was. He was very peaceful at certain points. He was a kind of like a mentor, a leader, but at the same time, 
in the modern day terms, that guy has a lot of unpacking to do. (laughs) There's a lot of unpacking that this gentleman needs. I thought he was super cool. Handsome as all you get out to. Um, Sick jacket game. Oh, yeah. He was playing one-on-one against Kyle Lee with a jacket on. I made a note of that. I'm like, this guy's unbelievable. He's keeping his pea coat on. His pea coat game is strong. He yeah. looked like he got that jacket out of the Jay Peterman catalog or whatever. 100% with an oh, urban man. Hey, when you top. sing when you sing the Shaft's the theme song, you better look the part, too. He, yeah. he was looking pretty good. Looking sharp. Well, I had some of those things. I also had, you know, how cool he was, how suave he was, how neat he was. He was also such a tragic character at the same time. Um, yeah. One of those what-ifs. And I kind of feel like, we've said this before in this podcast, but like, He's one of those what ifs, what could have been's that we've all grown up with and heard of in different sports, right? We see it in Canada. We probably see it a little bit more with hockey, but like in, you know, in Brooklyn, it's probably basketball, football, whatever, wherever you are in whatever town you're in, there's always the could have been person. And he falls into that category, you know, he, 100%. The, the freak accident, all that kind of stuff that occurred to him. Uh, really cool guy, really cool character. Leon, uh, I really enjoyed him. And I remember, again, taking that 20 some odd years off between them watching it i remember how cool he was even back then that character to me holds and just the whole persona of him holds to today well yeah he's definitely a damaged individual for sure right he's living with the the demons of uh nuts old past i guess mm-hmm. um i think the thing that i always find interesting about his character is just they never really i i've never made sense of this and i've watched this movie i don't know how many countless times I never understand the utter just like hatred and distru- and, and dislike for for Birdie, right? Like yeah. if it, like the guy has clearly has some kind of like mental breakdown after his best friend dies and he and he leaves and his younger brother steps up, albeit you know in a rather dishonest and and ill reproof fashion, but he takes care of the family and the mom and everything else. He did the best and, he could. He did the best he could, and with he, he he was resourceful and did what he what he had to do. And yet, you know, Shep kind of big times him the first interaction between the two of them in the movie, and he's he's really a prick to him the entire movie. Um, yeah. And it's never it's never really kind of explained. Um, and you, I mean, from from Bernie's standpoint, you kind of understand why he's pissed off because he's like, "What the hell? Like uh, this guy's totally just throwing me away here and and not." not giving me any kind of love or respect, but the other, other end of it, you never really understand why Shep is, is so against him. I guess maybe it's just his moral compass and his code, I guess, but we never yeah. really actually ever get to the bottom of that. That rubbed me the wrong way too. When I watched it, I'm like, Hey man, like you booked it on your family, left yeah. your mom in a tough spot. And this guy did the best he could with what he could. I mean, he was, he was younger than you. He probably was in his teens, you know, obviously. And he did the best that he could. Like you should, yeah, you should at least kind of give him a little bit of credit there, or at least try to extend an arm or something. Like, yeah, I, that rubbed me the wrong way with Shep. That was one thing I had him as a character. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, you have this moral compass or whatever, but where's your where's your decency to to look at that situation and say, you know, there's stuff I could have done better. And and not only that, and I mean, if you don't agree with what he's doing, aside. He's offering to do it with you and like basically yeah. like I'm going to help you so you don't have to be a shitty security guard job and I'm going right. to kind of take you out. I mean, whatever. Maybe it's your a, moral compass can rub off on him in the same time. That's yeah. yeah. But if you're if you're a chef 
I mean, that's a boring see, movie, though, but... It's a super <laughs> yeah. boring movie. If you see Shep and you see what your brother... Yeah, he does what he has to do, but your brother becomes essentially kind of a scumbag or a hood, yeah. uh, whatever you want to call it. I think they and should have written that character. Never... Sorry? No, sorry to interrupt. I, I was no. saying, I think they should uh, They should have written that character arc a little differently. I agree with you on that, and that's what I was going to say, too. Oh. A little bit more work. You only put an hour 37 into that movie. So maybe an extra 10 minutes kind of building in that arc a little bit more and seeing a little bit more backstory to make it an hour 47. You're still well under two hours. I agree with that. But I I think they're trying to make us infer why we Shep doesn't like Birdie. I think they're kind of making the viewers say, like, hey, you you know why he doesn't like this guy. He's doing this, that, and the other thing. And we'll talk about Birdie in a few minutes. But I think an extra maybe 10 minutes on that arc. Because, I mean, it's a cliche arc. I'm sorry it is. It's very cliche. We're like, okay, yeah, shocker. Something happens. But anyway, I think that's what I was going to say. A couple more minutes on that arc wouldn't hurt. That's good. Let's uh, transition into Birdie, played by Tupac Shakur. All right, yeah, per- yeah, of course, R.I.P. Uh, well, he might be. There, he might be. There's rumors. <laughs> Jesus. According to our friend Jindirak, he's in Chile. He's in Chile. Okay? He's in Santiago, Chile. Okay? He's coming back. Just like Elvis is in, hey, just like Elvis is in Tweed. Yeah, Elvis is in Tweed, Ontario. He lives, baby, every August. Uh, Birdie, I mean, if you're going to get Tupac Shakur to play a perfect gangster, like, this guy can play it because he was it. Um, so yeah, he did. Um, he's the master manipulator. He's using his money, his power, his influence. He manipulates everybody to get his way. And he, you know, intimidation. He's he's scary. Like, yeah. and I don't, he's acting <laughs> at the time. I mean, I mean, he's a very talented individual too. I think everyone. I think, I think most people know that about Tupac, but his talent was unbelievable. His writing, his, his ability, and like just his pure language skills alone are amazing um angry i we talked about that you guys talked about it already about how he had to take care of business and i agree with you guys on that he did what he had to do was it the right way to do it no it was not uh the life expectancy of that you know it's going to be short um but uh he kind of needs to get a new cell phone at this point that cell phone's awful but his cell phone was amazing what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that thing's atrocious. He had some cool moves. I mean, you could see Tupac, and this is to me, in my own opinion, adding certain things in that Tupac probably knew how to do, like the razor blade hitting up in the gums. I'm going to go on a limb and say Tupac already knew how to do all that kind of like. Do you know little things you can see him adding into his character? And yeah. he put some time and effort into that character to say, like, okay, how can I do this and do it well? He brought some legitimacy to the character big time. He really did. And just his whole his body language, his demeanor, his dress, his everything, that, to me, like, it was Tupac. And he makes you nervous when he's on screen. Like, I, you yeah. know, you're putting yourself in, like, the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy, there's, he's, there's, he makes me nervous. There's, a, he's edgy, you know, he is unpredictable. Yeah, and I mean, the way he's interacting with Kylie, like, in the club. Where he's like, okay, you know, the way he's moving around in the club, yeah. the way he's talking in the club, he's done all this before. And I don't even know how much he's acting. I really don't. I think he's just being himself, adding his own like amazing ability into it. And like I said, with the little touch with the razor blade, the touch with the get-ups, all that kind of stuff, the lingo, I wonder how much of this was scripted. And I wonder how much of this, they said, Tupac, go on and you do your thing. Let it rip. Yeah. yeah, I really do. Um, I was obviously a big Tupac fan too. So, yeah. And yeah. still am. So uh, that's kind of my just on Tupac playing this yeah. role. He, he definitely epitomizes the the old adage of uh, you got to watch out for the quiet ones, right? Because he he 
he can snap at any moment and, and kind of go off, right? Like, and over like the craziest, littlest things, right? Like, yeah. the whole thing with Flip is the perfect example of that, right? Like, this guy's like down on his luck, homeless guy, and he kills him for basically saying what, like, that guy was your brother, and, yeah. and tells him to you know go fuck himself. But like, that's neither here nor there. Like, seriously, like, what's to be gained in that move? But other than like, I have to keep my intimidation factor the way it is, right? So, yeah, I mean, 100%. it is what it is. I think Jr. You hit on everything. I'm not really gonna dwell on it a bit. A fantastic uh, performance by Tupac. It's just again. It goes to show you just how talented this guy was and, you know, what he might have been capable of from an acting standpoint. I mean, we all know the music standpoint was unreal. But, I mean, between this and Poetic Justice and Juice and just a couple of other films he did, like, the guy was so talented. And it's just yep. sad to think that, like, you know, he, he could have been doing all kinds of crazier different roles. Like, imagine Tupac in, like, a Disney-type movie. Like, how hilarious would that have been? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. The part... Guys, I was wondering, like, that part was Flip and Tupac. That was just, a, I found that kind of weird a little bit, too. Like, I didn't think there was much put into that either. Yeah. I think it's... Time. Shows I think, his ruthlessness. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's part of his character arc, and I also think it's part of um, Kyle's story, right? Just so that yeah. he kind of sees what kind of person Birdie is. Like, I think it's, yeah. it's needed, it needed maybe for that, but yeah. There's definitely some, uh, like you said, a, a few holes in the character development that could have definitely got improved upon the only thing i'll add really quickly was uh tupac was actually six years younger than Dwayne martin and clearly he's playing somebody that's older right so that was pretty cool uh let's move on to coach rollins played by david bailey that was great i thought he was pretty cool just one of those coaches looking out for his guys he knew where he's from he's trying to help shep out get him a job he's grooming him essentially to take over and he's trying to set him up um Overall, I thought he was fine. I, I don't have anything too crazy to say about him. He's, yep. to me, just about a classic coach in an inner-city area trying to help keep kids off the streets and safe. That was kind of the gist I got from him. Maybe it's different. I don't know. But yep. that was, that's basically, I don't have much more to say about him. I thought he was great, and I thought he was just like a classic coach role, and he did kind of what he needed to do. But. He's great in that respect. He definitely needs to work on his practices because they seem to do <laughs> the same three-man weave drill and rebounding drill all the time. No wonder they're losing every game. Yeah. But uh, maybe, maybe, run some, maybe run some offensive sets every once in a while. Uh, but, yeah, no, he he, uh, he does a great job. And, he, he you know, he's, he's believable. Uh, the actor playing him was believable in that kind of, like, you know, nurturing uh, father figure type um, who wasn't actually a father figure. But, yeah, everything you, everything you said, JR, just trying to look out for everybody. Uh, and take care of his guys. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to. Um, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, Malike, 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 Malika, Malika. Mom, uh, the moms. Which is yeah, which is Kyle. So Malika Watson, I guess. Yeah. Uh, played by Tanya Pinkins. She was great. She was one of those classic things of trying to do better by her son. Um, she knew the vehicle was education. That's the gist I got from her. Um, she wasn't his friend. She didn't actually care how good he was at basketball. She did, but it was one of the things I don't care right now. I'm not your friend. I'll be your friend later. And it's one of those kind of classic stories of trying to do better by your kids and to ensure your education, um, safety, things like that. The scene where he's getting mad at his mom. And, um, I like the scene when, um, we're talking about curfew. 
and it's in my quotes, you know, if I, I carried you and birthed you, I, yeah, you don't get yeah. me. I thought that was a pretty funny. It's very true, too. I like when she slaps him. I think it's like, great. Like, he's losing his marbles, and she, she's she's a great mom. Like, I, I've got a lot of notes Drawn on her. single mom. Yeah. All, she, all the time, all the time in the world for a mom like her. She has, yeah. uh, she has, like, a code. She has rules, and she sticks to them, and she's tough. And, you know, a lot of the guys, uh, you know, we talk about cliches, but it's it's not necessarily cliche. This is the life for inner city um, individuals, you know, inner city African-American individuals coming up. This is what it's like. And you hear it in whenever we watch like 30 for 30s or a football life or any of those documentaries where they do an hour on somebody's career. Uh, guys coming up like, you know, the um, I think I just watched one recently with uh, Jerome Bettis and uh, who else was there? There was, I can't remember, but a lot of those guys had the same thing. They had this tough mom who had a you know strict code and rules and really held them in line and had always brought them back when they would stray because that was inevitable to happen, right? And she she just embodies this entire um, character in, in in how she plays in how she plays this role and how it's written. It's really well done and uh, she she killed it. This um, sorry, uh, Tanya Tanya Pink and she does an awesome job. One thing I wanted to note about her, mm-hmm. and oh, here's here's another thing I really liked. I liked when Shep was kind of, you know, their their dates were going well, but then when yeah. he ran out on that situation, and she just said no. When he showed up at the door, and she's like, "I can't take a runner," that that's her code, right? She's just like, "Sorry," yeah. she's she's polite about it, and she just closes the door on him. She's like, "I I'm not gonna have that in my life. I just can't even. I can't go down that road." She's really strict about that. I thought that was great. Well, it's prioritizing her kid first, right? Yes. Which we would think any parent we would want to do that. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is she clearly she's super influential on Kyle just in the work ethic alone, right? Like, okay, I got to get back to my shift. I got to go here. Like, I'll meet you for dinner, but then we're going to do this. And then you're going to like, even though she's working crazy hours and she's probably dog tired, she's still on his ass, making sure he's going to school, making sure he's, you know, getting to practice, making sure he's showing up for things on time, making sure he's trying to get home for curfew. Like, you know she's working to the bone and she's still just doing it she's a rock star i love i love yeah, this she, mom character she might i think she's my favorite character maybe in the movie and the uh, one thing i wanted to mention about her she's only three years older than Dwayne martin that's yeah. funny <laughs> playing his mom that's <laughs> funny but she pulls it off like when i'm watching it if i hadn't read that i'm like yeah that's her that she could be his mom i guess you know yeah, totally. they both look they both look stupid young so i mean yeah. it works yeah, it worked out pretty well. Um, let's move on to one of my favorite characters in the movie, Flip, played by the late, great Bernie Mac. R.I.P. Bernie Mac. Mr. 3000, baby. Um, I don't have much to say. I mean, I think he helped... I actually think he helped to carry Kylie's character a little bit. I think he probably brought a foundation to it, and you can tell he had some experience. Flip was a glue guy. He was a glue guy. There was something he, about him in the neighborhood where he I, can't run him for him. I'm not coming to get you. I'm not doing whatever. Flip. Like he tied a lot of storylines together. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, there, there's one main storyline, but I mean, he, he pulled a lot of them in and made, and like you touched on it, Webb, we had to see Birdie cross the line for Kyle to come back over the line. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. in the, and then, and in that sense, Flip was a glue guy and he was tied to Shep. You know, obviously, because they had a past. So, that yeah, was... that's a good point. And I think you mean that in the neighborhood, though, he also seemed like 
a constant where it's like, okay, you need to see Flip, the old rummy at the Wawa or wherever he was, you know, wherever they're hanging out. I think they needed that. And that was one of those things too, Jamer made a good point about that. Where to me as a glue guy, he needs to be part of this neighborhood. And when he was missing or gone and well, he's dead, it just threw off everything too. And kind of was yeah. one of those things for Kyle. He's like, where's Flip? This wasn't right. Yeah. And, and, his, yellow eyes, and his yellow eyes could go stop traffic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some hilarious. But, um, the thing, the other thing I loved about Flip too is he didn't take any shit, no. especially from the young bucks. No. Ho, 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 ho. Like no, if I no. if I ever if I ever God forbid I come on really hard times and I end up like that guy, and you find me out in like City Park or whatever hustling kids, <laughs> um, like I, that's how I'd be. I'd be like, shut up. We're gonna play boots. <laughs> Crazy hard, scar your ass, Baldine motherfucking bones. <laughs> Is it a bet? Yeah, I love that. I just love Bernie Mac. And <laughs> you put Bernie Mac in anything, I'm watching it because it's entertaining. I love, I love yeah. Bernie Mac. Um, totally underrated for uh, for a lot of his stuff. Totally underrated. He was great. He's got some great cameos in the uh, in the House Party two or three, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so good. Uh, let's move on to Boogaloo, played by Marlon Wayans. I can't stand this guy. <laughs> I was waiting for was going to say that. I, I can't it. stand this guy. He's the ultimate jail cover. If you've ever seen jail cover, he's Corey Trevor from Trailer Park Boys. Okay? <laughs> he's brutal. I'm sorry. I have no time for him. I'm like, here, Corey Trevor, Corey Trevor. He's the same thing. He's pathetic. I love it. Somebody needs to show this guy what to do. I literally wrote in my notes, jail cover, a pawn, and talks too much. There's a point when someone talks too much, this guy talks too much. So were you were you mad when Bernie offed him in the end? Did you want Bernie, Bernie to be the one that offed him? Oh, yeah. yeah no he, kidding. he offed Bernie. He offed Bernie in the end. I thought it was very cliche when he yeah. offed Bernie in the end. I'm like, here it comes in the club. You knew it was going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, He's a 14 good gold, gold Urkel. He, that's one of my favorite lines. He's such a tool. Well, that's all I can say. That guy. That guy. I remember twenty years ago. I didn't like him. Didn't like him again two days ago either. Go ahead. This has got to be one of his first uh, major movie roles, I would think. Marlon Wayans. Right? He would have been. He would have been really young when this came out. I don't know the exact age he would have been, but um, I have to double check and I'm going to rewatch it. But I had down in my notes. The first scene we we get see we introduce to him where he walks into the gym in that first game with Birdie and everybody else. I'm pretty sure he had the Kramer basketball shoes on. Oh yeah. Oh, like the Jimmy ones with the, the Jimmys. Yeah, I'm Jimmy pretty sure. I I did I was I did a the, deep the dive on the ones. Yeah. yeah, I did a deep dive on the shoes as usual because it's a basketball movie, and uh, you know he he I'm pretty sure he's rocking those. I only kind of caught it quickly and then. You know, something happened and I lost my attention for a minute. But um, I have to go back and rewatch it to see because I think he walks in with those on. And I just, I remember thinking briefly, Jimmy! Uh, and I had a good chuckle. But he, <laughs> yeah, he, he's great. You need him in this movie because you need a little bit of comic relief because the rest Maybe of the movie not. is so dark and grimy. You need him. No. Um, he has probably some of the best lines in the movie. Drops the N-bomb quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know if I can quote all the ones I'd like no. to quote from him because I'm just not going there. But no. he he has some great lines in this movie, and uh, you need him, and you need him again for Kyle's character arc um, to kind of see. I like the way you put it, Jamer. Kind of to get 
close to that line, walk and kind of flirt with the line, and maybe I'm going to cross it. And if I cross it, I'm going to go down this route. If I don't cross it, I'm going to go, you know, the straight and narrow path. You need him to kind of bring him, Kyle, towards that line. Yeah, but right? does he have to be that pathetic? Yes. No, I liked it. Look I, at the guy. Yes. So pathetic. No, he's so pathetic. You can do this in a better way and not be that pathetic of a character. So I like, you can still be like, some, uh, just the way he carries himself, his lines, his actions, the way his body language, everything about him. You don't have to be that pathetic to get that sympathetic role to but help. It's like you said, he's a, that he's line, a, whatever you want to call it. No, he's so pathetic in this movie. He's a perfect. Know. He's a perfect jail cover when he's looking at Kyle's Wang and calling it the big anteater <laughs> and everything else. He's yeah. a, like you, you nailed it. Like I, I was dying laughing because as soon as you said that, all I was thinking was like Boogaloo smokes, Boogaloo smokes. Yeah, yeah. Corey Trevor smokes. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Go down and get me chicken chips. But that's not here or there. I couldn't stand them. Sorry, Liz. Um, and I also, okay, so let's jump into Mota, played by our boy, Wood Harris. Uh, I, love Wood Harris. In, uh... <laughs> I love Wood Harris. Um, I love Wood Harris. First major movie role. This is the birth of Avon Barksdale from The Wire, guys. Yeah. I think he drawed on this one for Avon Barksdale. And I bet you he drawed on some of the way Tupac carried himself and carried in the wire a few years later. He was great in this movie. Yeah, he's, he's a motherfucking great. soldier. He's a he soldier. Is, and he's great in every movie. Uh, nothing but love for Wood Harris. Um, seems like a good human being, too. That's, I, think, I think he's just an awesome guy. Uh, great job. He has a character. This guy's stone-cold psychopath. Um, I think some of the way... He played basketball. I don't know if that was why. <laughs> a little um, outside of the rules. Yeah, a little outside of the rules. And then when he got hit in the nuts, when uh, Chef hit him in the nuts, that was amazing. I was like, that's old school. You got, uh, you just got played by like one of the old boys. I think this that here was, is a man's game. Yeah. yeah, I think that was pretty funny. I liked that. Uh, great job. He played that like lieutenant, so to speak, to the main guy really well. Um, and he played the muscle, and he took it serious. And the intensity what Harris has in roles sometimes is scary. Yeah, and Wood Harris is one hell of an athlete. He's, he's, he oh, is yeah. right, he's like good, he is one hell of an athlete. Uh, for this, I was gonna say for this particular character, totally scary, totally, totally nailed it. Uh, I thought he did a hell of a job. I imagine he probably, he probably, I, I imagine all the guys on set probably had a cool time hanging out with Pac at this time. Like he, yeah. this is Pac's heyday at this point, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. He's big time, um, and so like they they probably had a great time, and he probably uh, some of that character probably was inspired by what was he was seeing and hearing. Um, and then uh, the other thing I will say about him is uh, he went to the Bill Lambeer School of Basketball. Uh, <laughs> he he's just just a uh, hell George of a player. Yeah, I also Eventually. thought. You know what I thought too of Wood Harris when I was watching this again, and then again all that big gap in between was. For listeners, like if you've ever watched The Wire, give it a watch. But in season one, when Wood Harris is even on Barksdale, he's coaching a team against Proposition Joe. They have a big basketball game, and I thought that was like that was the same character he's essentially playing. I wonder if he carried some of that like, streetball idea. Anyway, Jr. Did you catch the the kicks he was wearing? No. The old BK Dimacells. No British Knights. Yes. British Knights. No, no way. Right. I saw the sponsorship for British Knights. Yeah. Well played. I used to though. love BK Knights back in the well day. Well played. Yeah. The yeah. Dinosaurs were fun sick fun. shoes. And the Dinosaurs were one of the first shoes, I think, I believe. I'd have to look at the, the picture, but I believe they were one of the first shoes to start toying with the idea of putting the extra strap on. 
Oh, there's another. I can't remember if it does. There's a because there's a pair of Barclays in this too that have a, a strap on them. So I can't remember if I'm thinking those or or the diamond cells. I don't think it was the diamond cells actually. Now that I think about it, my favorite were the my favorite BKs were the like the old school ones, the black and white ones that were like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you still? I wonder if you could probably still get them. Like you break your oh, back if you, would, if you tried to run in them. Like the Jamer's, Jamer's, Jamer's hookup overseas would be able to send them a pair. Yeah, yeah we could get some BKs for the boys. That would be yeah. all right. That'd be all right for sure. British Knights, send us a pair. Send me a box. Are there any other notable characters you want to mention? I got one. Yeah, Not go ahead. so. Not, Not so. so is hands down Not the so. most important character to this movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not so. We don't get any pain from Shep. We got oh. Tupac's going to be a, a Boy Scout the rest of his life because Chef's yes. going to have him on Easy Street. Uh, Kyle Lee Watson's going to never make it to Georgetown because he's going to be getting locked up by Montross every five seconds. So I'm going to go with Nutso as the most important character in this movie. That's um, awesome. I just wanted to mention, and you mentioned him right there, Webb, was uh, Montross. So the character Montross, this is 1994. So the character Montross, I think, has to be an ode to Eric Montross. Because he's playing against him. He calls him Mr. Uh, Mr. Car- uh, North Carolina. And the guy's a white guy with a flat top haircut. Yeah. yeah. That's got to be and an only, ode. I mean, the only difference, obviously, is the position, yeah. right? Yeah, he's not six foot or seven foot two or whatever he was, right? Yeah, I think my, my – and when I think back on this, my immediate thought about him is Bobby Hurley. Yeah, uh, that's who I who I go to when I think of of Montrose. That's who he embodies to me, right? Like he was that guy. Yeah, uh, and 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 like Bobby, like I'm pretty sure they play what is it, Holy, uh, Holy Cross or St. Mary's or whatever the school that he's his dad coached at forever. I can't remember now. This is yeah. gonna, that's making me sound terrible, but you know, like they're an inner city New York school, and that was the big thing, or yeah. Jersey or wherever the hell he's from, somewhere on the East Coast. Yeah, for sure. When he when he said that. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jamer. No, no sorry. Ahead. When he when he calls him Mr. North Carolina, though, I was like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Up. Uh, one thing I want to say that I picked out before we move on is this isn't characters or anything, but we were talking to British Knights and we were talking about like all the sponsors on the um, cage around. I loved how it was like this hard, like inner city, what you know, Rocker Park, wherever they're playing, Gatorade and all that. Did you catch the IKEA sponsor on the wall? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't even know they were around. Sponsor. I was like, oh, we're gonna Alan wrench some nice uh, little uh, bookshelves <laughs> here. Like we're all hardcore interested in. Then there's quick IKEA sponsor on the wall. <laughs> how about how about the uh, the shameless uh, the beer signs that were turned off outside the pub there when when Shep gets cornered by Tupac in the beginning. And then outside uh, when they're having the conversation and they, they're standing outside the Reebok setup. If you look yeah. closely at the Reebok set, setup, and I didn't notice this until I was reading an article on Complex, there's actually a pair of Nike shoes on that in that display where it's like all the Reebok stuff, which really? I'm like, that's probably a mishap on somebody's part. That's pretty funny. You know what was awesome with the Reebok stuff? And Jay Marie, you'll remember this. They had an ad for the Reeboks, and right beside a Reeboks was the Reebok Insta Pump. Remember the yeah. pump? Nice. Okay, I'm up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Boogaloo yeah. rocks, rocks a pair of them when he comes out as Urkel. Yeah, yeah. the Insta pumps. Oh, unreal. Anyway, sorry. Well, so let's jump into uh, to our favorite quotes. What do you guys have for quotes? Um, I had, the, well, the 14 karat Urkel 
Um, the yeah. when mom was letting uh, Kylie have it, no rent, no bills, and didn't bring me into this world. I love the no rent, no bills. That whole part. Um, we talked about sorry. Future doesn't depend on basketball. I thought that was a really important quote to kind of keep in mind the whole time in this movie, like and to carry with you as you grow up. And one from Tupac that I thought uh, when he said it to him, like being alone makes you strong. I thought that was a good Tupac quote. It was very like seems like a Tupac lyric too. Really. Yeah. That whole being alone makes you strong. That seems to me that's very Tupac girl like at least in my experience anyway. But, uh, yeah, mine. I we talked to a couple about those. Uh, the fourteen karat gold Urkel. Uh, mine. A couple of mine were for Boogaloo's. Uh, what you've been lifting weights with that thing? Uh, yeah. When he's talking about his, his Johnson, uh, looks like Daffy Duck with his beak shot off. Yes, uh, that's a pretty good one. Uh, and then uh, one of the other ones, one of my favorites, is uh, right before the shootout when uh, Tyrone is talking about how. The Bombers can win it all, and Bombers, Bombers, Bombers championship. And Tyrone, give me the rock. Just give me the rock. Tyrone yeah. about to get a swerve on. Give me the rock. That guy was hilarious. Just, yeah. a, just a quick character, Tyrone. He, he was priceless. What's it like sucking on Bertie's dick? <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of... I, I went a little deeper in my, a couple of quotes I wanted to mention. So, uh, um, Kyle's mom says, uh, when she's talking to Shep, she says, uh, what about you? Where does your mind run to? And he says, nowhere. It's just stuck. It's the rest of me that keeps running. I thought that was a pretty good quote because that's, you know, his his mind is stuck with that nutso game and he's constantly reliving that in almost every moment, it seems like. And the rest of him is running away from his life, basically. So I thought it was a pretty good quote. And also the yeah. other one I liked, and it goes back to Coach Rollins. I really like Coach Rollins in this one. He says, Kyle, you forgot your about your team. And Kyle Lee's like, I had 22 points and 8 rebounds. And Rollins is like, and we lost. And then Kyle Lee's like, then maybe the entire team should be in here instead of me. It's not like anybody else had a good game. And then Rollins says, you didn't give them a chance to. And that's just the sort of things that the recruiters are looking for. And that's totally true. Like, And I'll get into it later, but like 100%, like, you, there's so many kids out there with talent. Recruiters are looking for character, leadership, things like that. And he's failing that test, for sure. Yeah, Being a good teammate, for sure. Yeah. Let's jump into some little-known facts. So, um, Wait, James, before you do that, on oh, that note, too, I was yep. going to say, with Kyle, and I forgot to mention this in our character review, no way in hell he has a chance against Starnes. Starnes would eat him for breakfast, lunch, oh, and dinner when he's God, yeah. I'm like, or when he throws the chair at at uh, at Shep. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, little guy syndrome. Punching above the belt. Uh, punching above his weight class. Oh yeah, yeah. So little known facts. Uh, so director Jeff Pollock, he's actually best known as the co-creator and lead writer for the '90s sitcom, uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's pretty good. So Pollock, sadly, was found dead of a suspected heart attack after jogging on the Greenbelt in Hermosa Beach, California, on December 23rd, 2013. So, Ooh. yeah, sad to sad to hear about that. Yikes. You're right, Webb. This is uh, Wood Harris's film debut. I think he, did you mention that? Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. So when asked about who he originally wanted to play the role of uh, Kyle Lee Watson, Barry Michael Cooper. Who, who wrote the film, said, hands down, it was Alan Payne. 
So Cooper knew Payne from the film New Jack City, which Cooper wrote as well. Payne uh, was from the Bronx and was a, was a known baller around the neighborhoods. You guys will remember him from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as Will's rival point guard, Marcus Stokes. Marcus from Stokes. Ma- from Malibu Prep. Remember that, that episode? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he got the recruiter. He had a yeah. kid, I think, too. Yeah, he did. And Will let up on him. Yeah. 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 So Dwayne Martin starred as a guard on the New York and uh, NYU's Division Three squad in the late 80s. He was the first a first-team All-Association selection in 1988-89 and was the Howard Ken Award uh, recipient that same season as an MVP. He ended up signing with the New York Knicks, but I think he was cut during training camp or played on like one of their developmental teams or something like that. So do he was a legit baller. That guy. Do you have play. his? Do you have his measurements, Jr. or James? Like, what's he listed at? I'd be curious list, to know. He's small. He's listed at like five eleven, I think. So, which means he's probably like five nine or ten. Yeah. He'd he looks, probably be speedy as all hell, though. Yeah, yeah. Like he he had good handles. Like, he oh, had, yeah. like, really good handles. He's probably a good passer. Not his the feet, best. His ever. feet looked awful in his jump shot. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I think his shooting left. Like you mentioned, you know more about it than I do, but that's one thing that I kind of noticed too a little bit. Like it just didn't look, he didn't look like he had a lot of. Just mechanically rhythm. speaking, he looked kind of off balance. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and you could kind of tell he was forcing those. I mean, the, the shots he's missing, I mean, it's not hard. Like anybody no. can miss shots easy, and but whatever. He, he looked like he'd be forcing a couple every once in a while. I don't know how many takes that would he, he, I mean, he could probably still whoop my ass in a game of one-on-one, that's for sure, but still. I think he looked better. To me, he looked better in White Men Can't Jump because he was in that in, uh, in that movie as well. And he would have been closer to his playing days. Yeah, um, and he's also in uh, the other one we did there, Ray Allen. Oh, oh was he? Got, yeah, he got game. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in that. Was he? I'm pretty sure. Shoot, I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, pretty sure. Oh. I'd have to. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I, he yeah, might be right I, there. I might have been thinking White Man Can Jump. Sorry. I think he was just in White Man Can Jump. So Leon, who who grew up in the Bronx, he actually attended uh, California's Loyola Loyola Marymount University on a basketball scholarship, and and later played professionally overseas. It was while playing in Italy that he was approached about starring in Above the Rim. So that's pretty oh, cool. cool. He was silky. Yeah. He's uh, he, he was he was good too in uh, um, cool runnings. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was really great in cool runnings. That's another see, and I find with the with his stroke in particular, I don't feel like the camera angles did him justice. His, no, he his, had a decent stroke. Yeah, but his strokes look really off balance and off kilter, and when he let his shooting hand go, he was almost always pushing it outward. Yeah, uh, and it just had a weird release that. I'm like, there's no way that should have gone in. Right, right. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, they, you're, you're right. I think, it, yeah, they did a lot of, like, side... Just cam- weird camera angles for his his shot. Anyway, yeah, sorry. So the role of Shep was actually originally offered to Denzel Washington, who had another project on the go at the time. He would have been wicked in that role, too. Mm-hmm. I mean... this would, If they had him, that would have bumped up the old Rotten Tomato score. Oh, big time, big time. So writer Barry Michael Cooper uh, grew up idolizing the legendary ballers on the New York streetball scenes during the 70s and 80s in Rucker Park. So he used to go down to Rucker Park all the time during that time. So a lot of the vibe and dialogue came from this inspiration and in when he was writing the script. It, it made sense. Like I, I felt there was a lot of, 
especially when there was like the tournament stuff going on and there was a lot of good kind of that vibe going. I thought they did that really well. Mm-hmm. Rucker basketball and New York streetball legend Richard Peewee Kirkland was the technical advisor on the film, and he also played the role of Georgetown scout Phil Red. That guy had a wicked afro too, like oh, yeah. blowout hair on Red. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Marlon Wayans and Tupac Shakur became good friends while filming 1992's Juice. Oh, I, I didn't realize uh, Marlon Wayans was in Juice actually. So I guess he must have been that. That must have been one of his early films. So the next year, they joined forces again on Above the Rim. They shared a two-bedroom trailer on set in Rucker Park. When asked about what it was like, Wayans says, uh, Pock smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine there's maybe a few other things going on at that time. Yeah. So Above the Rim was part of a 1994 Hollywood basketball renaissance. A month before the film hit theaters, Nick Nolte, Shaquille O'Neal, and Penny Hardaway starred in Blue Chips. Later that year came Hoop Dreams, the masterful James, uh, Steve James documentary. Hoop Dreams is a great talk. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love Blue Chips, too, as well. So while Above the Rim has risen to cult status in the quarter century since its release, many at the time blasted the film. The Washington Post dubbed it as a stultifying cliche of a movie that doesn't get anywhere near the rim. Variety said that the movie was composed of enough cliches to fill an NBA stat sheet. I mean, it is. There's a lot of cliches, but they're not wrong, in my opinion. Like, I mean, the cliches aren't wrong. There's, they are what they are. Uh, Tupac was praised for his acting in the film by most critics. However, having Tupac as a main actor in the film came with many challenges. Tupac had already been in a lot of legal problems at the time of filming. In November 1993, he was charged with shooting two off-duty suburban Atlanta policemen. Those charges were eventually dropped. But shortly before Thanksgiving, Shakur, along with two associates, uh, were charged with sexual assault of a woman in a New York City uh, Parker Meridian hotel room. So Shakur's legal proceedings were a constant backdrop during the, the filming of Above the Rim, the stress of which took its toll on the cast. Leon had this to say about the situation. Oh, it definitely affected all of us, you know. Uh, we had to change the shooting schedule and delay production. It was definitely a distraction. That would be kind of frustrating. But he was he was kind of a big deal at that time. So he was, uh, I would say he would have been the headliner. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With this film. cast, yeah. Well, yeah. like you think about it, and I mean, Marlon Wayans has a bit of a name because the Wayans family has a yes. name with, things like in living color at this point but other than that leon's pretty much an unknown no. uh dwayne martin's more or less an unknown at this point yep. and you know there's nobody in it that's you know i would have liked to have seen denzel washington play opposite tupac and see how oh, it would have been unreal that would have been so good because yeah. you have like intimidating tupac you have denzel right back at you kind of on screen in the presence i think that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah. Let's let's jump into our realism review. What did you have as realistic? What was unrealistic about the movie? All right. Uh, I'll fire away here. Um, I had that. You know, the Rucker Park piece was pretty cool. I think that was kind of awesome. How like it was proper and that was the place. I thought the high school gym was awesome. They played in with the with the track around the top. It made a really cool atmosphere. And that's I a that legit gym. That's a that's a legit gym in Brooklyn. It's yeah, the same I one thought... from a same one from. Uh... You got a game. 
Here you go, Kim. Yeah. Thank you. I'm drawing and a blank on that movie all night. Really cool. And then uh, I made a note about that, but the he got game, and I was like, that's the same one. But I thought it was just a, such a cool gym. And no joke about Marcus Stokes, but it's not like a Fresh Prince Bel Air size gym that they played in. Like it's a real proper gym that it's going down, and I really think that helps. I think some of the other real stuff is the politics behind it, the lifestyles behind it, the fear, the intimidation, the using basketball as your vehicle to get out. I like to look at movies like this from that point of view of like where basketball is his vehicle to move. Mom knows that he knows it. Um, the not diplomacy, but like the workings of working the street gangs, keeping it where you need to be. So you're safe and insulated and protected. That stuff to me is very real in that situation. And when you're doing kind of what you have to do to get out, uh, yeah. the sponsorships and all that kind of stuff. I mean, those are some big names. The Ikea thing was really funny to me, but you know, an Allen key here or there doesn't change that. Um, for under fake Kyle's numbers were horrible. The uniforms were horrible. Um, the structure to the game, I thought maybe Webby would be able to comment a little bit on that. I thought it's like the way they set up their games and the plays, and like these doesn't seem like proper basketball structure to me. It just seemed like let it fly and let it roll. Um, the one, the one on ones and the peacoats, I thought that was a little much. I, I just <laughs> were awesome play, but I, I wrote a note on that. Um, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like for Shep, that was a pretty forgiving rim. That he was shooting on sometimes, and like there were some really good fair bounces in there that are like, yeah, I'm like the ball was uh, like this. It was a loose rim, Astro yeah. style. It like, just, uh, well, I mean, it's got to be loose when every single basket is a dunk. Yeah, true, true. true. Anyway, anyway, I thought of that when I looked at it. Yeah, that's, that's realistic. Pretty forgiving. Yeah, it could be. It very well could be. And I just kind of thought of that as well. Like pretty forgiving on some of those shots. The rim's leaning right in. Anyway, that as well. Yeah. I'll let you guys fire away. I mean, from the basketball standpoint, it, there's not a whole lot to comment on. It's street ball at its best, right? I mean, even the the gym scenes. Neither one of those two teams are playing any real defense. The way they're yeah. set up, like, That's what I had. the point the point guard not wanting to give the ball to the big man in the post, that's legit. Uh, even though Starnes has total inside position every single time, like get him the ball, um, but he doesn't. Uh, the drills were pretty pretty legit i'll say like you still run the three-man weave just to work on pace and space you're still going to run that rebounding drill i love that rebounding drill as a kid i always enjoyed doing it as even as a small guy it made you feel big because you were getting up and getting it in the air um so i loved i love that rebounding drill but yeah the actual basketball scene it's street ball right like even in that whole tournament uh 41 is i think his name speedy williams uh, i don't know if you got that one or not Jamin, in your notes but no. he he was uh he's like a, a rucker park street ball legend oh nice uh, and so like he throws one of the nastiest passes i still love talking about it is that the one behind the back off the backboard that's right yeah, yeah that's and so it's fast. like it's just unreal so you know like he was a guy in red right red yeah. team yeah uh, like that whole movie, and again, um, homage to to the street ball of N- Rucker Park, right? Like Jr. and I were talking about it today at, at work. At just the idea of of NBA guys wanting to go, and if you go to New York, like you got to make a visit, a pilgrimage, if you're a hoops fan to Rucker Park. It's a thing. I was gonna say we might need to make a trip down there. Yeah, Rex, Rex says he's gone. So yeah. I, I heard all about Rex playing there today and had a, a hell of a jump shot. I don't believe for a fact that I don't believe for a second he played there, but um, I we got to get, we got to get Rexy on the pod to, yeah. to, to share his rocker park story. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, the only other thing, and this will be, a, uh, you know, maybe maybe New Yorkers will pick up on this. Uh, the car that Shep is taking to airport slash bus station slash who knows, train station, Penn station, wherever the hell he's going to get out of town. In New York, you get a yellow cab or you get at best a green cab. You don't get a blue car. That's yeah. not like a limo service coming to pick him up. That's not like, that's like Billy. It looks like he's written it on the side with his magic marker. Like that's not a <laughs> legit thing. You're getting a yellow cab if you're in New York City. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so that made, that made me laugh. And I just said to my wife, that's pretty funny. The other thing, and we'll talk about this in a minute, probably in the soundtrack piece, you got to have some kind of, it, clearly it takes place in New York City. And I know we're going to talk about reasons why in a minute, but you got to have some kind of New York sound there. There's no yeah, you're like, good. It's a good point. New York music whatsoever. Wow. And I mean, we'll know why in here. Yeah, but, sure. But uh, yeah, that was, those are the big things to me. The basketball aside, I mean, it's entertaining. Um, and I love it for that pure reason. Like the, the focus is on the actual game. I love that. I love, you know, talking about, you know, spreading your fingers wide and snapping your wrist. Like that's just good mechanics of shooting. So I love that. Yep. Oh, that was good. I, I just had a couple of points. One, they're playing on nine-foot rims. Um, Motaz, illegal screens. Why do they even have refs in the tournament if they're not going to call him? <laughs> um, Which also is a hilarious line when he rips birdie. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The ref. He was my fa- one of my favorite guys, too. Um, I also had Kyle goaltended on Flip's uh, first layup when he blew when he blew by Kyle and the when they were doing the one on one. He's on the way down. You're right. It hit the backboard. It hit the backboard, and then Kyle and then swatted he it away. It, yeah, yeah. So that's goaltending. And then uh, the the only other thing I had was why the hell were Shep and Nutso playing in some warehouse with like <laughs> glass windows behind the net? And then how fast was Nutso going? Where he jumps basically like 10 feet past the backboard through a window <laughs> and down flight flights. Like, I don't know. I was just kind of, they, they should have done that scene differently or had him die differently or so. I don't know. That was a too corny for me. They were trying to do like a Scorsese thing at the beginning with that scene, I think. And it, it just, didn't yeah. Fit. Well, 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 what would have been cool now that, you know, we were talking about like that whole character arc, it should have been like Nutso was killed by some kind of drug dealer. Yes, that yeah. Birdie, that, that Birdie ends up like going under and taking over is some or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like that would have made way more sense. Would have made they could have connected it, and that would have explained why Shep hated him. Yeah, yeah, that would make way more Good sense. Good job, Webb. That's what you should. They should. Yeah. Hey, not just, a pretty, not just a, a pretty face. Hey, Webb, let's get the Deloreys and go one point twenty one gigawatts. There we go. <laughs> Get it up to 88 miles per hour. Back when you had a mushroom cut and you'd come strolling in with your mushroom cut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into the soundtrack. The music was by uh, produced by Marcus Miller. Miller was nominated for numerous Grammy Awards as a producer for Miles Davis, Luther Vandross, David Sanborn, Bob James, Shaka Khan, and Wayne Shorter, and won two Grammys. He won a Grammy for Best R&B Song in 92 for Luther Vandross's Power of Love. And in 2001, he won a Best Contemporary Jazz Album for his seventh solo instrument, uh, instrumental album, M Squared. Um, what do you guys have to say about the, the album? Unlike oh, I just want to mention one more thing about the album. So Above the Rim, which I, used, I bought on cassette back in the day, and I had oh, it, oh, oh, Death Row oh. Records. 
it went double platinum, peaking at number one on the U.S. R&B chart and number two on the U.S. Top 40 chart for albums. You bet it did. Unlike yeah. Grumpy Webb, I'm a West Coast rap guy. So <laughs> I, I'm i death row all the way. So I don't care if there was no East Coast rap. So I love, I love the West Coast rap. So I love that West Coast rap has bells and horns and everything in it. And I love Warren G. I like the Nate Dog in there. Tupac Snoop. Great soundtrack. I will say with I loved it. I thought it was great. It brought back memories too. So I think it was one of the more of those things. So I, I pretty big Death Row guy. Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's me. Loved it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just I stand corrected because I just had a, a total uh, remembering of the soundtrack as I was looking at. It. There is some East Coast acts on there. Naughty by Nature. Yeah. Tretch, Tretch, notoriously good friends with Tupac, so that makes sense. Beastie Boys also make a little bit of a cameo oh, in yeah. terms of uh, one of the songs as well, yeah. DJ Hurricane. So great track there as well. Uh, I don't even know where to start with the sound. This is probably my favorite movie soundtrack of all time. This it, like we we're we're coming on the cusp of doing a great soundtrack last week with Remember the Titans. It's a great soundtrack for a different reason, right? It's really accessible. If you're a hip hop head, uh, especially when you grew up in the golden era of hip hop like we did, this is the soundtrack. Um, there's all kinds of bangers on this 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 uh, this soundtrack. I love the fact that the way it was scored, that they scored pain, uh, pain. basically all yeah. the way through it. I love um, it. Yeah. It's, it's just such a great track. Uh, I love uh, Pump Pump when Kyle Lee Watson. You were talking about the workout montage, Jr. When he's when he's cranking out that that's been on every single playlist pump up tape anything i've ever had working out that song is always on my list i love it uh there's just some really great i mean and you get regulators on this song like come yeah. on or on this okay. album like it's it's probably one of the most uh recognizable hip-hop songs of all time yeah. um and again r.i.p to nate Dog. a lot of r.i.p's for this movie and this soundtrack so Sadly, you know yeah. uh yeah but uh it's fantastic i i got all the time in the world for this soundtrack i could go on and on but I, i'm not going to jay james take over nope you guys nailed it let's jump into our movie wrap-up where does this rank among all-time basketball movies and where do you have it among all-time sports movies basketball movies probably in my top four Maybe five. Um, it could be one, but I can't have it at one. With there's so many cliches in here that I can't go at one. And it's kind of one of those things where, it, like, it, the reviews do say. I do agree with some of the cliche factors in here. It, it, it was very predictable. So for that, I can't put it at one. Um, so I, yeah, I'll have somewhere in the top five overall. I'll put it in the top. Probably 40, 35, 40. I'll watch it. I don't know if I'll watch it again. I've watched it again. I've seen it. I probably will put it to bed. And that might be the end of me in Above the Room. I liked it. It. I like some parts of it, but I'm going to probably just put it there and say goodbye to Above the Room. Okay. I've, yeah, I've got did. it at number four on my basketball list. I've got White Man Can't Jump, Blue Chips, He Got Game, then Above the Rim. Um, and I've got it at 24 all-time. I like it. It's a good movie. Um, the one thing I forgot to mention also is the MJ Aerial Assault poster. Remember, I remember that poster from back yeah. in the day. Sick With poster. The in that. There too. That was sick. Kyle's Watson's uh, cool. bedroom. 
That was a, that was that was a good one. One thing I, w- I did want to mention about the movie, I, I feel like a lot of, uh, and this is a cultural thing too, and it shows it kind of is a nod to that. I feel like a lot of movies stole from this movie. Um, I I know I don't think you've seen this movie yet, Web, but the way back with Ben Affleck. No, it basically, I seen it. it steals probably half the movie from this. Mm. Uh, Coach Carter's got a couple things. He got game has some stuff that I think they took out of this. Um, talking about Boogaloo and Booger, you know those characters. So yeah, yeah comic relief a, piece. Yeah, I, I enjoy this movie. Uh, a lot of the '90s culture and uh, the vibe to it really is something that brings it up for me. This is number one basketball movie, and this is probably who. It's high for me. This is like one or two. I'll go probably. I think I said. I think I'll go two. I'm gonna have to go two. It's. It's. I think I got remember the Titans. Probably is my favorite all time sports movie. And this is yep. a two. Um, and this is or it could even be one B depending on it. So as a hoop head, I'd love this movie as a kid. I've. I've. I legitimately own the DVD. I've watched it. You know, I watch this. This is my go to. Uh, this and Days of Thunder were my go-tos for a lot of time. Uh, I just, I, they're enjoyable to me. Uh, I love the soundtrack. I love the characters. I love the the hoop the the hooping itself. Like this is one of those movies where it doesn't matter. Even today, when I watch it, I want to like I'm sitting there on the t- the couch with the basketball that's just like playing around doing something. With it, it makes me want to play the sport. Um, and now with my old white man knees, I can't do it anymore, but, uh, <laughs> not well anyways. Uh, I, I love everything about this movie. I love the fact that Tupac's in it. Um, it, it just, it's nostalgia piece alone for me is probably part of the reason why I, I have it so high. And I got fond memories of it as a kid, right? I probably watched it on TMN a shit ton of times too. Like I, I legitimately, and I, you know, people exaggerate, oh, I've seen that movie a thousand times. I have legitimately probably seen this movie at least 125 times. Um, yeah. I could I could probably do most of the movie's dialogue start to finish without actually watching the movie. Um, so yeah, it's high there for me. It's a it's a constant go to. Nice. So as we have been doing, obviously with a lot of our well, all a lot of most of our podcast episodes now, we're going to do a draft tonight. Uh, this week's draft is going to be the most um uh, the the best uh rappers turned actors so best rappers that turned into successful actors uh, i think this week it's my turn to go first this is a tough one i probably would have had somebody else but some of their stuff lately pissed me off so i'm gonna go with, i'm gonna go with my number two i'm gonna pick uh a guy, and I'm just going to give you a little hint here. Mama says, knock you out. So yeah. I'm going to knock you out. I'm going with my boy, LL Cool J, who was Preacher in Deep Blue Sea and Julian Washington in Any Given Sunday. And he's on, uh, what's that, uh, NCIS or one of those shows? Or He's on one of those comedy NCIS Los Angeles or Los Angeles. Uh, one yeah, of those shows. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to love so many LL Cool J songs back in the day. They were catchy. They're you know, amazing. The funk phenomenon, or whatever it was, I'm going something with like a phenomenon. Nothing, that something awesome. like a phenomenon. There you go. I'm two, right? This week, yeah. Jr. You're yeah, three. You I'm three. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, 
this is pretty easy now that Jamer's left that door wide open. And I know, I know he, I knew he wasn't going to pick him, and so that's why I'm, I'm glad it's left open. So I'm going to take him. You got to take Doughboy. Are you not going to? Are you not going to take Doughboy as your number one pick? And if for those youngins that don't the know, who Doughboy, if you don't know who Doughboy is, go watch 1991. I just had to Google what year it came out. 1991's Boys in the Hood. Shout out to John Singleton, rest in peace as well. Uh, and Ice Cube as his role as Doughboy. He's got. He's probably the most iconic character. Uh, in that movie, I mean, Cuba does a, our boy Cuba does a great job too. But yeah, and so is Lawrence Fishburne for that matter. But but uh, Doughboy is is the shit in this. And I mean, and then you got Cuban Friday. You know, before yeah. we before the are we there yet? So I'm going to use my previous use my previous okay. number one, and he got bumped out. Yeah, I figured you would. I mean, I I'm going to leave that aside if we're just going with the <laughs> yeah. straight acting. We're not going to bring this one down. We're not going to bring it down. Yeah. Okay. All right, go ahead, uh, Dare. I got pick three. So, I'm going to go with a Canadian. Um, he's a huge <laughs> fan. He played Jimmy Brooks on Degrassi. I'm going to go with Rick as my turnover. Oh, that's weak. He started from the bottom, now he's here. Drizzy. I he went, go he went the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. He was an actor turned rapper. Yeah. Uh, next, my next pick is I'm going to go with I actually want to pick this guy. I really like this guy. I like I like his rap. I'm gonna go with Andre three thousand. Uh, <laughs> brothers. I'm gonna go semi pro. I wanted to go Andre three thousand as a serious one. I thought he was pretty fun for that. I had to go Drake as a Amazing. Joke. He played Dabu. Dabu and uh uh too cool or yeah. He, Andre three thousand is great in roles. Great pick be cool. Be cool. Mm-hmm. I love that movie Be Cool with Travolta and The Rock yeah. and all those guys. He was good in that. Oh, oh and Guy Ritchie's, uh, he played Avi in Guy Ritchie's uh, Revolver, which is a really good movie. Jason oh, nice. Statham. If you get a chance, know. check that out. I, was gonna say, I don't know if I've seen that one. Uh, I'm torn. I, I uh, Yeah, okay, I got to do it. Uh, this guy's been in just about everything. I think he's probably more well-known now as an actor than a rapper, to be quite honest. Yeah, you are. Although he's, although he's hell of a lyricist as well. Uh from the slums of Shaolin, uh, Staten Island's own. Uh, I'm going with the M E T H O D man from Garden yeah. State to Thieves yeah. on yeah. the Wire. How can He's you not good. go with Method Man? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take him at number my with my second pick. I had him on my list. Method Man's great. That's He's great really pick. good. That's a really good pick. I'm gonna pick a guy. Uh, this guy's extremely talented. He's active and vocal in the and uh, human rights, uh, especially lately. And he's invaluable in our world today. Extremely good rapper uh, and excellent. I think he's an excellent actor. Played Elam Ferguson in Hell on Wheels. I'm going nice. with Common. That's who I was going to take. I was. Gonna, I thought Jr. was for sure going to take him, so I was going to cut his. I had him as the next one. <laughs> And then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go completely off the board here. You guys are gonna think, laugh. So I'm gonna need about fifty dollars to make you holla, cause baby, I get paid to do the wild. Oh, I'm, taking, I'm taking Emilio from uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. I'm taking Tone Loke. Why? Well, I had Tone Loke on my list. Love Tone Loke. 
Am I, who's up? Is it me or you? You're back, Web. And back to me, yeah. right? Yeah, it's you. Sorry. Uh, okay. Now I'm torn. Because part of me wants to go with the... Jammer, you got me thinking about taking a funny one just for the... For the I'm, I'm going to take a funny one. And this you guys will get this one from uh, our conversations, our, our daily mic check warm-up that uh, Webb likes to take part in. Uh, I'm going to go with Canadian. Uh, out of the Ottawa Valley area, specifically Ottawa region, I should say, uh, part of the uh, organized rhyme collective. Check the OR, if you will, oh, Mister Daddy. Would you like some sausage? Daddy, no. would you like some sausage? I'm going no. with Tom Green, Jr. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe we would get some shot Claire in here. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, had to do it. I had to one up you, Tom Loke. Uh, right. Well, I'm gonna fire back on my own then. If you want to play this game, I'm gonna go with the man on MTV in the mid 2000s who could take a Honda Civic and turn it into a video game car. <laughs> <laughs> this guy took it to West Coast Customs. He never touched an engine. He just made the car look cool. It was still a piece of crap. Exhibit. He could do anything. And he was so over the top. He's like, yo! And they put a rim, <laughs> rims on a Chevette. It yes. didn't matter. And I put a Super Nintendo in the back. <laughs> I'm going, none other than Pit My Ride Exhibit, baby. Yeah. Amazing. People Amazing. That's a solid pick. A couple shout-outs. I mean, we left a big one off the board, which is Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, that's, wow. too, that's too easy, though. Too easy. Too easy. Uh, Outside uh, Queen Latifah. I had uh, Snoop Dogg. Oh, I got, right? Snoop Dogg was great. Yep. Some of his cameos. I was gonna say my honorable mention: Earl Simmons, aka Darkman X. Yes, yeah. I had him too. I mean, yeah. him and Snoop Dogg, the best verses going for all you hip hop heads. Uh, what about uh, Bow Wow and like Mike and Entourage? Oh, jeez, he's weak. He's Bow Wow, Bow Wow. We can't count know. him. You got to count Ice T though, man. Ice T's one of the OGs. He was Jack Mason and Surviving the Game. You ever see that movie, Surviving the yeah. Game? Jamer, I thought you were going to give a shout-out to uh, Kid and Play for uh, House Party. I did have them on my list. I yeah. did have them on my list. Uh, Ludacris. I love Ludacris. All uh, the Fast and Furious. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's ja about it for me. Is Ja Rule in any shows? Uh, I, not that I can think of. He's no, he still struggling. Ready. He's playing the War Memorial in Syracuse, Jay. Does the Fire Festival count? Like we were talking the about? The Fire Festival. <laughs> Does that count? The Fire Festival count? Really for Ja Rule? I don't know. Oh, uh, unreal. I didn't go well. Well, tell them where to hit us up, Web. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget to give us a follow on uh, on social, on Twitter at Big League Flicks, and on Instagram at Big League Flicks Pod. And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Awesome. Take care, everybody. Have a great one, everybody. Cheers. Big League Flicks, Jordan, Christian, and Jammer talking movies about sports and the glitz and the glamour. Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring. Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing. Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things. Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? Talking junk, have a giggle. Comedy, drama, romance. Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants with their big bag of tricks? Podcast critics Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer.